that's a battle that I think almost every entrepreneur is going to deal with because yeah. you, the reason why you got into this in the first place is to do something different, to get ahead, like to, to push yourself to, you know, to live a different life. And that doesn't go away. Right? I don't know. Literally, I don't know a single person that has become successful or wealthy that was just like, oh, I'm good. I'm done. Like, I'm just going to go chill now. Like that doesn't happen, right? What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 106 of the Wealth Podcast. Today, we have the great pleasure of chatting with Ryan Corcoran. Ryan is a phenomenal local investor and entrepreneur. He is the founder and CEO of Specialized Property Group. He has been a guest on multiple podcasts, including the Tribe of Millionaires podcast. And we are super hyped to chat with him today. Ryan, what is going on, man? What's, what's going on, Kyle? How are you? Very, very nice intro. Uh, I appreciate the kind words. <laughs> Aw, thank you, man. But yeah, man, super excited to have you today. Let's jump right in. You know, tell us about, um, you know, kind of like your entry into real estate and, and how everything kind of started. Yeah. Um, all right. So I started buying real estate when I was 21 years old. Uh, I was in uh, I was in, I was in college studying to be a physical therapist, actually. And then I ended up taking a job working in an emergency department and then um realized that physical therapy wasn't the route for me. And I actually ended up going to PA school. Um, I got my master's as a physician assistant, worked in an ICU for about two years. And, um, you know, throughout that whole process, I had been buying, you know, duplex, a triplex, just, you know, smaller, um, smaller deals, but I was getting hooked on them. Right. Uh, and then as soon as I graduated PA school, I ended up selling that duplex and I walked away with a, you know, like a check the size of my PA salary. And I was like, okay, um, I just spent $120,000 to go to PA school to make probably, you know, 120,000 when I leave. And I just bought this property two years ago. It did literally nothing for the last two years, except, you know, manage it, talk to tenants and just, you know, owning property. Right. Um, and, and I made the same amount of money. And so I, you know, after I was, I was working as a PA, I started really to build up that portfolio. I bought a six unit, a five unit, a 10 unit, and I just kept rolling with it. And eventually I, you know, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I can't do both anymore. Uh, it's, it's really not fair to the patients that I'm taking care of because I'd be walking into patients' rooms. My phone would be ringing from leads that are coming in. And all I'd be thinking about is the next deal, the next deal. Uh, so ultimately it wasn't fair for me to keep being a, a PA and practicing medicine. So I stepped into real estate full-time. Uh, so now we've got a uh, couple hundred units, a little over 250 units. We've got a flipping company, a wholesaling company, and we're doing some development now. Uh, so we're, we're moving along. Wow. That's beautiful, man. Holy crap. And you know something, Ryan, it's funny you say that about like getting into a profession and then, you know, kind of discovering real estate as, you know, kind of a, a different avenue that you can take. I've heard that like a couple times, you know, like people go into like through med school and stuff like that. And being like, all right, like, this is perfect. Like, you know, like a very, you know, honorable career field and everything, 100%. And then discovering real estate, and all of a sudden, there's something else there that you can pivot. And it's like, um, I might do something else. Yeah, exa exactly. <laughs> you know, after, after kind of seeing yeah. it. 
some of those numbers and stuff. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, that first property I had ever, I bought, I, I had like five grand to my name. And so the reason I actually wanted to do it in the first place is because I, I started to realize, uh, you know, I, I looked ahead, I'm like, okay, you know, in high school, I didn't do anything. I was just, a, I was like, a, you know, just an athlete, didn't study at all, barely, like I was getting B's, whatever. Went to college, did really well. And I'm like, okay, when I'm done college, like, what is my life going to look like? And so I started doing some math, like, okay, I've got this much student debt. I've got, I'm going to have a car payment, a house, like how in the hell can I live on $120,000? Right. And I, I'm not saying it's not a lot of money at the age of 25, 26. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot of money. But when you have a lot of expenses and student debt, it, it really, you, you don't have much uh, left over. And so that's why I really started to look into um, other avenues to create um, other, other ways to bring in income. Uh, and then once I realized that, um, there's a whole, a lot bigger world out there than, um, you know, than what we're all taught uh, through the education system. Um, I, you know, I just ran with it. So. I don't blame you, man. You're totally right though. You know, especially in today's day and age, just with like how expensive everything is and like, you know, it's just, it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like just trying to, um, yeah, just, you know, trying to create, I guess, kind of like that, that comfortable, you know, kind of lifestyle. Yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely, uh, definitely doesn't have as much R as it did like 10, 20 years ago. <laughs> you yeah, know, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> definitely, man. So I guess kind of how was it, you know, jumping into like that first property, um, you know, like stabilizing it? Like, what did that kind of situation look like? It was it an online off market deal. Uh, like, were you doing a lot of the work yourself? Uh, all right. Yeah, good question. Um, this is the only deal I've ever done this way. And I will, it'll probably be the only deal I ever will do this way. Uh, it was, it was on market. I made an offer. It got rejected. It went under agreement with somebody else. It fell through. I then made another offer. Uh, we negotiated a little bit. Um, and we, we got it under agreement and I ended up buying it. I had no money. Like I said before, I had five grand. So I called my uncle who I knew had a construction company. And I said, I need you to hold this note for me. Uh, and he was like, um, I, I didn't, it didn't really come off like that. Actually, I had spent the last six months with him learning about real estate because he had been in it for a while. Um, construction, he had a couple rental properties, he'd some flip some houses. So um, he was my first mentor. And so he actually lent me the capital to buy that first property. Then my parents lent me $10,000 to do some rehab in the unit, replace a furnace. Uh, and then I spent every dime I had, I had like $20 in my bank account. If something went wrong, I essentially was gonna go swimming and drown. Um, but at 22 years old, who cares, right? Like the, my, my, the, the reason I did this all in the first place was like, who cares? Like if I fall flat on my face while I've got nothing anyways, what, what does it really matter, right? I have my whole life to build it back up. Um, fortunately, it worked out well. And, uh, you know, my dad was helping me a lot. I had friends come over, I, you know, I bought a case of beer and some pizza. We did the landscaping, like, you know, it was, it was really a team effort. Uh, I just happened to be the leader of it, you know, and kind of just like uh, just paying people here. I, um, dude, one time I, I cleaned out the basement and I put everything in the front yard and I had this guy on a bike come by with like a, um, a basket attached to the back. And he was like, uh, dude, can I go, can I take all this paint from you? And I'll trade it in for like $20 at like the, like Abishan down the road. I'm like, dude, take every single can. I want nothing to do with this. Um, <laughs> but you know, like it was very, like everything was very unprofessional and I was doing everything by myself, very hands-on, um, but I learned a lot. Right. And I learned that I'll never do that again. Uh, but I also learned how to do everything. So then the next property, I could take that and teach people 
um, and sort of guide, uh, you know, property managers, contractors, um, how to be creative with financing, how to structure a deal together when, uh, when you don't have money. And, and so, um, so yeah, that, that's really how the first one went. And then I was able to stabilize it, get, uh, get some renters in there. Uh, the income, the rental income actually paid, um, paid me, uh, to, you know, eat some food, go out and get some beers while I was in college. Like just, you know, little things like that, that I was like, okay, like this can actually, yes. you know, can actually generate some income here and there. Um, and then I ended up selling it and I watched it appreciate by, you know, a hundred, hundred twenty thousand dollars And I was like, oh my God, like, this is amazing. Like, this is fantastic. Why, why can't I do a hundred of these a year? Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was the first one. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful, man. The education, you know what I mean? I, I definitely feel you on the, um, you know, kind of like as soon as you're like getting started and everything, like doing a lot of the work yourself, like, you know, asking your buddies to come over and, you know, like help you paint or, or you know, do the, the landscaping or, or what have you. Um, that was definitely kind of what my my last year looked like, you know, and, and kind of undervalue of of time, you know, while still juggling like a full time job and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I mean, I think there is. I think there is like a ridiculous amount of value though in like learning that stuff for the first time, uh, like doing it yourself or trying to do it yourself. <laughs> 100%. Depends on what it is. But uh, yeah, you know, and, and just kind of learning it to, to your point, be able to delegate that and know what that result is supposed to look like. And like, just kind of, you know, take like a, a different kind of role in that kind of project. Yeah, at that time. Uh, so I'm really big on, you know, what, what is the best use of your time? Uh, and so as you start to make more money, if you have a full-time job or whatever else you're doing, um, the best use of your time is always evolving. For me at that time, I, I quite literally didn't have a job. I was a full-time student. The best use of my time was to get my hands dirty and figure out how to do everything because I, I, I couldn't pay somebody to do it, right? I didn't have the money to do that. Um, now, if you asked me to go change plumbing under a sink, I would tell you you're insane and I will not do that because it doesn't make, number one, financial sense. Number two, I drive for the thing, I property, I drive to Home Depot, yep. I drive back. Like by the time I'm done, it's three, four hours. I'm pissed off. I want nothing to do with this anymore. Well, I could have just, you know, paid somebody $150 an hour to do that, right? It's a dip, but it's a different time. And so I think, um, you know, a lot of people who are starting off in real estate, um, they do one of two things. Number one, they say, I don't want to do anything. I want to hire everything. Well, I don't necessarily know that's the way to go because if you don't have the capital to do that, you're going to drown pretty quickly. Um, Number two, you need to learn how to do things um, in order to grow a, a business. And if you can at least get the, the baseline knowledge of how to run a rental property and how to be a landlord and just basic common sense stuff, um, it goes a long way. So. 100%, man, definitely. It's funny. I, I really relate to you on the uh, replacing the plumbing under a sink. <laughs> because yeah. That was definitely something that I, I struggled with personally a little bit in one of my units. And I was like, like, this literally doesn't make sense. I'm like, I have half inch. I'm like, but half inch is, is this, but a half inch drain is a different kind of size, like tubular. I'm like, what the hell does tubular mean? <laughs> and like, <laughs> and that's coming from like, like doing H back every day. You know what I mean? I'm on right now, yeah. you know, and the amount of times back to lows, back and forth and trying that's to brutal. get and everything. And, oh, it just, it eats your day away, oh, man. Yeah. And and exactly to your point, like, you know, I was pissed the whole time. I'm like, screw this. I'm like, I just, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> yeah, I, I relate it to, um, it's like, okay, you ever change your own oil in your car? Like, okay, <clears throat> you jack the car up, you get underneath there, you get, you get, you're dirty, you've got a wrench in your hand, you're trying to undo the bolt. And then all of a sudden the, the wrench slips off the bolt, your hand hits the friggin' exhaust pipe, you got a bruise on your friggin' hand, the oil's spilling all over the place, you got a friggin' mess. <laughs> 
And then you realize like, <laughs> oh my God, I forgot to put the little gasket thing on before. And then you got to take the whole thing off again. It's just like, you know, it's the same concept, oh. right? Like when you have no money, <laughs> sure, you got to do that. You got to learn it. But eventually as you start to grow, learning how to offset and delegate that is huge because you cannot be bogged down doing things like that if you're trying to grow a business. So fun story. So a hundred percent, man. <laughs> oh, of course. Right. <laughs> Yeah, one of the things that I'm trying to learn this year, because I was previously house hacking and then I moved back into my parents' mm -hmm. house and like that's where I am now, is getting that third unit rented and trying to stay the heck out of Lemonster and like just stay away from that property and just try and like learn that different kind of role of managing that property from afar and like just relying completely on the team and having the go-tos and be like, all right, guys, like, you know, unit one texted me that their drain isn't, uh, you know, their drain's clogged or something. And just getting that the plumber or, or whoever it is to, you know, go over when he gets a second target and, and call it done, you know, without, without actually stepping on site. Um, so I'm kind of excited to, to kind of learn that, that kind of aspect, you know? Yeah. And you, uh, you still work full, you, you know, you're working a full-time job. So you're fortunate that you can leave a, a, a unit vacant for a little while. Uh, and I think this brings me to my next point that, um, a lot of people say they just want to quit their, you know, buy a bunch of rentals and quit your job. Um, I've done it and I don't recommend it. Uh, and so I think, you know, you're, you are very intelligent for hanging on to that W2 job and, and working it while you're trying to build a portfolio. Um, because it, let me tell you, it's stressful as hell um, when you don't have a steady income coming in and you don't have enough from elsewhere to, to keep you afloat. Um, so props to you on that one. Cause I, you know, I, I barely had any income coming in really when I quit. So <laughs> <laughs> I hear you there, man. I, I do appreciate it. And it's, it is tough. Cause my, without getting into too much detail, my, uh, my day job is not sunshines and rainbows by any means. So like, I, I've had a lot of like thoughts going through my head, a lot of different conversations with, you know, like people just like yourself of like, all right, like I know the thing that I'm passionate about and like, I just have the one property. I'm like, very very early into the process but here's my situation with my w2 and like how can i yeah you know but yeah the the opinion that i i definitely um was getting a lot was to just hold on to that job just like pile as much money as you can um you know and then kind of reevaluate like at the end of the year and mm -hmm. and, and kind of see like what you got going on get the laws get things kind of up and running and then you know kind of take your next step after yeah. that i uh, so <laughs> it's, it sounds like a good plan I think I think I lost you. Oh, there we go. You just kind of crapped out on me there. Yeah, lost but, lost um... you for a little bit. All right, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, man. <laughs> I, I apologize. Um, but yeah. So one of the questions that I do want to ask you, man, what is your what's your vision for the long term? That is a difficult question. Uh, <laughs> it's always changing, right? It's initially, uh, you know, starting out, it was man, if I could have like 30 units, like I, I'm good. Like I can continue, I can work my job. I have a passive income coming in. I can buy the car I want, travel where I want, live in a house I want. And then you get closer to that goal that you thought you wanted. And then it evolves into something more, right? And then it became, oh my God, like if I get a hundred units or if I could make a hundred thousand dollars a year in, you know, in, in rental income, and then you get closer to that. And it's, you know, it's always evolving. And so for me, really, I think the, the next evolving phase in my, in my journey here is I want to build multiple businesses or, or buy multiple businesses instead of um, just really me being a solopreneur, right? I mean, I've got a couple, I've got a team, but like, 
you know, whether it's a roofing business, a contracting business, uh, restaurants, right. Other, just other avenues where I can shoot up other verticals, um, and continue to grow, um, from, from a business standpoint, because, you know, I I believe you can only, you can only really go so far, uh, in one thing and you can keep pressing it and pressing it. But, and once you've built that bridge and you've maximized it, um, you know, maybe it's time to look into a different avenue for a little bit. And so I think the next thing for me is I'm probably going to start some sort of service business alongside real estate. So probably contracting, roofing, cleaning, something along those lines um, and continue to build up uh, the other art, the development, the rehabs and the, you know, wholesaling and buy and hold um, that I've got right now in the, in the investing space. So yeah, vision long-term, it's probably going to be 10, 20 businesses that are um, all linked together, working together in unison. Um, I think that's that, that right now is the vision. So we'll see. <laughs> I love that, man especially like the uh like the vertical integration piece you know like having like the roofing businesses and stuff like that that strongly complement like the real estate side and exactly that always blows my mind man i actually i listened to um axel ragnarsson's podcast religiously and when he was talking about he's probably talked about it a couple times but like the science behind like the vertical integration of like you know having those other businesses that allow you to be able to like, you know, potentially pay a little bit more for a property or Mm -hmm. um, what have you, because you already know like what those costs are going to be. And like, like, it's just like, you have that kind of like other variable to be able to, to help you in a different context. And like, I I think about it all the time, man. Like, I just, I love that idea, you know, especially like kind of going in another direction of like having those different kinds of businesses like just in other areas, you know, to mm-hmm. like diversify and like try different things. And I think it's the coolest thing in the world, man. And like, yeah. especially, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, I was just going to say, I, I completely agree. I think people try, I, th- I think a lot of investors and, and business owners get, um, get to that point too early though. I, I think you really, you have to focus so much on that one thing that you're doing before you start shooting up a bunch of other ones, because if you haven't built that and basically autopilot it, um, you know, when you start to go, focus on something else, that other business is going to start coming down. Uh, and so then you've got two mediocre things going. Uh, it can still work, but it's not, you know, you're going to be stressed out. You're probably not going to be happy because you're going to be like, what the hell am I doing here? I'm jumping back and forth. Um, you know, so I focus on one thing, go hard on that one thing for two, three years. Once you've done it once, you can go into another business and do that in half the time. Uh, so that's my, advi- that's my advice on that. Learning, <laughs> learning the hard way. <laughs> That's huge, man. I, I like that a lot. And I, I like the, um, a while back you mentioned like building that bridge and I really like, um, uh, it was Brandon Turner that, that taught, like yeah. says the phrase often of like, you know, building like that first bridge to the Island and then you can use the resources to bring them back exactly. and build the second one. And, you know, but if you're trying to build way too many bridges at the same time, like you're only halfway across the water, you know, and yep. like you still have nothing. <laughs> you know? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's very yeah. true. I love that, man. That's super cool. <laughs> so going kind of from, you know, that first experience with um, the two family um, and kind of jumping into like the next thing, like especially like jumping into like the small commercial space, mm-hmm. like take us a little bit kind of through that transition of, you know, like absolutely nailing like that first property to to starting to like go a little bit bigger and Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I was, I was house hacking a three family, uh, in Fitchburg, uh, and I, I had met, uh, so I'm really big on direct mail marketing and and off market lead sourcing. And so, um, I ended up connecting with, 
um, a guy who I actually bought over 100 units with over the last couple of years through direct mail. And he did nothing but five units and larger. And so to be honest with you, I don't know if I ever would have got into that space if I hadn't met that person through doing marketing, through having, you know, the, the balls to spend $3,000 a month when I didn't have it <laughs> on marketing um, to try to find deals. And I ended up meeting him and we actually partnered together uh, on a 10 unit property. And he ran the whole thing. Like I, I didn't do anything. The only thing I did was I, I raised the capital for it. Um, and so, you know, you have to bring some sort of skill to, uh, to, to a, an endeavor, right? Like you can't meet somebody and be like, oh, let's partner up on something if you're not bringing some extreme value. For him at that time, it was he was trying to grow his portfolio, didn't have the capital in the bank to continue to, to, to purchase this property, but he had a property management company. He had the ability to take the deal down. He knew exactly what he was doing. Um, you know, analysis and financially, he's a piece of genius. I, on the other hand, have, I am not financially, I mean, I am not a numbers person. And so we molded really well together on that first deal. And then from there, it was like, okay, there's going to be nothing but six unit buildings or larger, like absolutely nothing. Like I'm not doing any of this other, but you know, I'm not buying and holding a three unit ever again, or four yeah. unit, a five unit. And so we just kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, and yeah, that's, that's really how I got the taste of that because you start to realize that the more units you have under one roof, the numbers start to look better because you don't pay as much per unit, but the rent doesn't really change. So, you know, if you're paying 1500 for a two bed in a three unit, you're probably paying 1500 or maybe 1475, whatever it is in a 10 unit property for that same unit. Um, but the unit price, you're not paying 150 grand a unit like you are in a three unit, you're paying maybe 90 or, or hundred. And then if you have it off market, you're buying it even less than that. And so the split in the profit margin is way larger. Um, not to mention that, the value comes from really just how good can you manipulate these numbers, right? How much income can you produce and how well can you drive your expenses downward? Um, and then, you know, it's just a, it's just an equation from there. You have a cap rate for the town that you're, you're buying it in. And then you just, um, you take the NOI, figure out the value from there and, and you can just, it's like rocket fuel. So. I love that, man. No, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. You know what I mean? And like, I think that space is like ridiculously cool um especially also sorry sorry i mean that's okay (laughs) um financing in commercial space people think it's so complex like dude getting a loan for a two-family or three-family is so much more difficult than getting a loan for a six-unit property like so much more difficult they don't even like commercial lenders it's like all right is the deal gonna make money and are you like are you financially able or is your partner or do you can you bring money from somewhere just to show that you can like if something goes wrong, you can maintain it. Like that's it. In residential, it's like, okay, how much money do you make? Let me see your tax returns for the last three freaking years. Uh, <laughs> you know, we need a full, uh, I need an inspection, appraisal, you, you know, the 20% down here, maybe 25% down. Are you going to live in the property? You know, it's your firstborn child. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It's a whole mess. Uh, <laughs> so it's just not built for the investor, right? The twos and threes, they're actually meant for you to live in. Um, you know, six, seven, eight, 10, 20, those are actually meant to make money. And so uh, the, the lending is just much different to, to you know, in, in favor for the investor. Yeah. To be honest, man, like it really blew my mind. Like the first time I, I have a, a ton, a ton to learn about that, that kind of space, man. But like from the, the little bit of knowledge that, you know, I have kind of come across on it, it did really blow my mind when, you know, like it started to kind of learn that like it was based a lot more on the property and a lot more of like the business aspect and um 
you know, that like that space is a lot more negotiable than just like the residential, like, oh, you know, like if you, if you're debt to incomes below like 44 or like whatever it is, like, it's just not happening. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. Period. But yeah, like- and, and <laughs> even, even larger, um, you know, so for example, your three family, the value of that property is going to be dictated on what the other three families in your area are selling for. Now your, your rent might be a little higher, maybe a little bit less than those other people. Um, but largely the value of that property is going to be a, a comparable sale. For me, if I buy a six unit and the next six unit next door uh, sold for 400, but my six unit could sell for 800, right? Because I have, have driven the rents up, I've dropped um, expenses. And so there's not so much of a, a comparable game anymore. And so really it comes down to how skillful can you be? How creative can you be? And you know, how, how well can you optimize and stable an asset? Um, and that it's just not the same game uh, with smaller multifamily. Definitely, man. It's it's super cool. <laughs> yeah. So Ryan, a question that I do like to ask everybody is how do you define wealth? All right. Uh, again, <laughs> I think this is also an evolving question if you're not catching on here. Because, uh, you know, initially for me, I'll just take you through my phases, right? Initially it was, uh, I have no money. How the hell am I going to, you know, Oh my God, like, what am I going to do? Right. And then all of a sudden I, you know, you sell a property, you've got money in the bank that you've never seen before. You've got a job that you're, you know, making six figures in a job. And I'm like, all right, I'm doing well. Like at that point I felt well. Right. But then you get in the room with people who uh, are making what you make in a year and a month. And then it's like, okay, am I really wealthy from a money standpoint? No, probably. No, not at all. Right. But am I wealthy in, in my life in other areas? 100%. And so I think you really have to, um, for me, it was evaluating life happiness and then money and trying to merge the two together to figure out what wealth is to me. Um, I'm a very competitive human being and I'm, I'm hardly ever, uh, satisfied at like, I don't, I don't want to say I'm not like happy. I'm very happy, but I'm not, I'm never satisfied with where I'm at. So I'm always trying to push the limits. I'm always trying to get that next deal larger, you know, whether it's money or size or even freedom, Right. Um, this year, I think we're traveling, um, my wife and I are traveling, uh, almost every single month somewhere. I've never done that before, like every single month. And so to me, like, I feel wealthy that I'm able to do that now. Um, will that change in a year? Yeah. Who knows? Right. Um, so it, it's a tough question. It's a good question though. It, it, make, it makes, <laughs> it makes you think, um, cause there's no number that you can pin on it that says, you know, this is what makes you wealthy. Um, so yeah, <laughs> definitely, man. And that's that's one of the reasons that I do really enjoy asking that question. Is it like it almost like knocks you back? Because like it's it's just one of those like you're right. Like it's it's not it's not what a lot of people like outside of like the entrepreneurship type of sphere expect. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's mm-hmm. like there's so many different ways to go and like all different areas of your life and everything. And like I really enjoy it. And like. I don't know. It, I, I almost like chuckle a little bit. Like when I ask and people are like, oh crap, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm, <laughs> I'm totally with you, man. And I think that's the coolest thing in the world. And that's, um, I definitely feel you when it comes to like, I, I know what you're talking about with um, like the satisfaction, you know what I mean? And like, I think it's a really interesting balance between like, you know, like making progression and, and stuff like that. And like being happy with where you are, but also like just wanting like the next thing too. 
you know what I mean? And like, I'm still trying to figure that out for myself because it's kind of difficult, yeah. <laughs> you know? I think that's a, it's, it, that's a battle that I think almost every entrepreneur is going to deal with because yeah. you, the reason why you got into this in the first place is to do something different, to get ahead, like to, to push yourself to, you know, to live a different life. And that doesn't go away. Or I don't know, literally, I don't know a single person that has become successful or wealthy that was just like, oh, I'm good. I'm done. I'm like, I'm just going to go chill now. Like, that doesn't happen, right? And like, there isn't an enough standpoint. It's always, what can I do next? What can I do next? What can I do next? Uh, so yeah, it's, it's always, it, and I think it should be that way, right? That's how you drive to, that's how you become better at what you're doing. Um, so it's, it should be evolving at all times, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree, man. Always, you know, kind of pushing the envelope and, and getting to the next thing and the next thing. And yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's extremely cool, man. You know what I mean? And like, I know we were talking a little bit before the show, you know, about like social media and stuff like that. It's, it's really cool seeing like, you know, a lot of the different uh, like projects and stuff like that, that you guys are working on. Um, and like, I, I was watching, uh, like a couple of your stories yesterday of like, you know, the bathroom and like some of the projects and like everything, you know, like getting like ripped apart and stuff like that. Really cool stuff, man. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. It's, um, I feel like, uh, I'm ripping my hair out of my head a lot of times, but that's why I probably don't have much on here, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, no, it's a lot of fun. I, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. Uh, so yeah. let's put it that way. Um, as you can tell, I, I, I have a lot of energy towards this because I really enjoy it. So, I mean, I talk about this for hours. So, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you, man. And yeah. <laughs> so one question that I do have for you too, man, is do you read and what is your favorite business investing or real estate book that you would recommend to anyone? It could be like a podcast yeah. or like anything you consume, like at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Okay. I read, um, before I bought any property, I read 25 books in a six month period. Like I, I would just cranked through books because I didn't know anything. And whenever, so um, I used to be a huge reader, uh, not so much anymore because when I read, I read for a purpose. Like I, I read because I'm trying to learn something. I, I typically yeah. don't just read just to read. Uh, I'd rather consume content other way, um, other ways. And so, um, you know, I'm up at four o'clock in the morning every day. And so part of that is I try, you know, whether it's reading 20 minutes or recently it's been hop on YouTube and learn something about what I have coming up today. So for example, if, got, if I've got somebody who, um, you know, I've got a roofing job going on or something, I'm going to spend a half an hour that morning, like watching YouTube videos on like roofing and, and how to grow a roofing business, like just stuff like that. Just like learning how, uh, learning things um, through content and whether that's a book or video or podcast or, or whatever it may be. Uh, I don't necessarily think you have to be a reader. I think if you're, you know, you're, you're training your brain and you're learning more information, whatever way that is easiest for you, um, then by all means go for it. But yeah, my favorite, um, like my, my favorite book, uh, I think comes from before I even bought something. It's, it was Brandon Turner's book. I'm sure people have mentioned it before, um, the, the rental uh, book, because he really talks about all the different ways you can do things that, um, you know, there's a saying like, you don't know what you know until you actually know it. And that book for me was like, what in the world? Like, how can you do this? Like, how is this possible? Right. And he starts talking about it. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, this is, I didn't even know this existed. Um, you know, I've read a ton of books since then. And a lot of them have been really helpful, but that one really has really, I mean, it was one of the first ones I read. So it stuck with me. Definitely, man. I, I really feel you there. And I really like that, that tip, man, of like, you know, if you have like a situation that, 
um, you know, you have going on maybe for the first time or like the first couple of times doing a little bit of studying on that, like before you go into that situation to at least have like, you know, somewhat of a baseline, you know, kind of understanding and, and a little bit more and, you know, kind of a short amount of time yeah. to be able to go into that situation and, and kind of, you know, have a, a little bit of a bigger idea of what's going on. That's awesome, yeah. man. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. That's, that's sweet. So Ryan, where on um like social media and stuff can you be found, man? I know you have an awesome podcast. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't been super uh, religious with the podcast, to be honest with you. I think I have like 15 episodes or something like that. Uh, but you know what? It's fun because I'll do maybe one, one or two a month. And yeah. it's great because like, you know, it's like this, right? I learn about you. You learn about me. I, I just, you know, we're just talking about real estate, right? So I have a podcast. It's called the Leveraging Real Estate Podcast. Um it will improve over time, uh, but I'm, I'm on Instagram. Um, I've got a YouTube channel, just my name, and then uh, TikTok at, at uh, RJ Corcoran 08. Same with Instagram, RJ Corcoran 08. Um, yeah, I, like I told you before, and I've told other people, I have a terrible relationship with social media. I, uh, I'm not good at creating videos or content, and so I try my best, but um, I think it's improving slowly. I've been getting some tips from people. They and, and advice and, and some comments that it's been getting better over the last year. So that's that's a positive for me. That's a win on my book. <laughs> to be honest with you, Ryan, like I said, man, literally, like I think your social media is kick ass. To be honest with you, literally, like like the videos, like I don't know. I, I thought it was great, man. Like it, it surprises me that you say that because, like, you know, like you see the stories and like like the projects and stuff going on, and you know, like like clips from like other interviews and stuff that you've done. Like I yeah. see it all the time in my feed, man. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> the, 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 you know, the whole purpose of social media, number one is to build a brand, right? So people know who you are. But number two, uh, you know, I love teaching people how to do things, right? If I know how to do something, I want everyone to know how to do that because it Definitely. works. And mm -hmm. so the purpose for me really is just when I put everything out here, it's like, okay, guys, this is how you do it. Go do it yourself. Like you can do the exact same thing I just did. All you have to do is this. Uh, and so that's, you know, that's the purpose of me creating that, uh, the videos and stuff, so. I feel you, man. I, I absolutely love that as well. Like just, you know, like if you're learning things like in the field, whether it's, you know, things that are going well, things that maybe aren't or, or I should say are a little bit more of a challenge, like just kind of like sharing that stuff and just pushing out the knowledge into into the world. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's it's a lot of fun, too. And like I was talking to somebody <coughs> at an event last night um, and like. I want to get a lot better at like posting, like when things aren't going so well, like when it comes mm -hmm. to the property and like, or, you know, whatever is kind of going on or, or whatever. And I did it in the past and like, I had a really eye opening experience because I had, um, I had an, an exhaust fan in my bathroom and there was some things on the exhaust fan that I can't say as an agent, but I know it was that, <laughs> um, and the uh i was kind of figure i was trying to figure out like what the heck was going on because like my bathroom's literally like the size of a small closet man like wicked small right and i'm like all right like this exhaust fan like should be you know like this place should be spotless like with none yeah. of that type of stuff at all and um you know i, I had a handyman by and i was like oh you know like i want to replace this like i guess it's not working or something and like it, it turned on fine and everything and he's like oh like you know it might <laughs> it might just have to be clean I was like, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. So I started, uh, you know, kind of taking it apart, like piece by piece. And I grabbed the hose or I, I pushed it into the ceiling um, and I grabbed the hose and I pulled on it, 
hoping that it it stopped me like it was connected to something yeah, yeah. and i pulled the entire hose down oh, no. because it just dumped in a ceiling that was above um or i should say like a crawl space like above yeah, the yeah. ceiling kind of thing and um i <laughs> i literally like had it sitting in the bathroom and there was like crap all over the place and i, I posted a facebook video of it and literally like you know like just saying like oh you know like like i just posted just for like shits and giggles you know what i mean i'm like oh like this is what i'm dealing with today and you know it was on the floor and just sitting there and all gross and everything and i was i kind of thought it was funny because it, it makes a lot of sense why the situation that i was in you know what i mean no i, and, I like um, i think i remember you posting that and i i remember thinking to myself like i like how he's posting something that is <laughs> not something that like you typically see an investor <laughs> post right like usually it's like oh i made this much money or look at this beautiful place instead it's like what the hell did i buy this is <laughs> like this you know what i mean like it's 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 good to see that stuff though because that's really what this is all about I, every exactly. single day i run into things that i'm like i'm scratching my head like why what is that <laughs> you know what why did this happen exactly uh, yeah and it just it opened up a lot of it opened up my eyes man because like there were a lot of people that went to the comments and were like, oh, crap, like that same exact situation happened to me or like something really yeah. similar like two weeks ago. Like and it just I feel like it's it's just like the insight into some of the conversations that happen to all of us in one way or another that aren't glamorized because it's not like, oh, you know, this is like I made like a huge return on this or like I did this like crazy unit turn like everything's like really kick ass. But like, I don't know, man, like it just. It yeah. just opened up my eyes. Like we're all dealing with this. Like I feel like it's just a matter of like having those kind of conversations. And it's like, oh, you know, like I'm getting kicked around. And like that's totally fine. Like I'm learning a lot from this. Like, like fantastic, you know? Yeah. And like, yeah, like things aren't going so well. And like people were were able to kind of join in and be like, oh, you know, like I had something really similar happen and like this is how I got through it. Like it's part of the game, man. You know? And yeah. like it's yeah, just I think you, those... you want to compile as many wins as possible, but while you're doing that, you're 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 inevitably going to run into those things. Yeah, you know, I, I mm -hmm. remember telling uh, one of the first podcasts. Actually, I think it was on Axel's podcast. I, um, dude, I lost forty thousand dollars flipping a single family home. I, I, and I, fortunately, I was able to absorb it. But like, forty thousand dollars is a good amount of money to lose on a flip. And so for me, it was like, all right, what did I learn from this, and how can I move forward from it? Right. And then another situation, we were supposed to pull $200,000 out of a cash or refinance. The bank backed out on us uh, right before they were going to give our bank commitment. Rates were at four and a half when we locked it in. And then they were at six and a half. All of a sudden, instead of pulling out 200 grand, we have to bring $75,000 to the table to refinance the property that we had already stabilized. And so that's a quarter of a million dollar loss, essentially. Uh, yeah. More, actually, two, more than a quarter of a million dollar loss. And so... Um, Things happen, right? But I think the name of the game as an investor and a business owner is what it doesn't matter, right? Like you need to figure out because there's always a way around things, right? Whether yeah. you're losing money, whether that happens, there's always a way to navigate it, put yourself in the be best position to move forward. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I'm all about, I, I, I love how you say, I, I wish, you know, I want to post things that don't go well because that is, <laughs> um, people need to know that before they jump into things like this, right? And if you want to be an educator and an influencer, uh, and, and somebody who's talking about what they're doing all day and all you're doing is posting sunshine and rainbows, uh, <laughs> it, you're, you're kind of being a little fake, right? Because yeah. we all know the other people who are investing. It's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not I like wish. that at all. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I appreciate it, man. And yeah, it just, it's, it's, it's just part of the game.
You know, like I was telling, I've told one of my buddies that I'm, I'm super close with completely outside of like the real estate sphere. But like I told him, cause we were actually having a conversation a couple nights ago and he was telling me, you know, he was asking if he could kind of pick my brain about like, you know, maybe buying a single family in New Hampshire Mm -hmm. at some point or something. And I was just giving him some tips and I'm like, dude, I'm like, you know, make sure like your reserves are strong. I'm like, I don't care that like, it's, it's, you know, a little bit smaller than, you know, like two family, three family, whatever. Like, but I'm like, you never know when that boiler is going to kick out. Cause that happened to me. You know what I mean? And like, it's just like, you have to be able to weather the storm. And yeah. it's just like, it's some of that stuff that, you know, everybody always talks about like, Oh, you know, like you never want to be like house poor and, and yada, yada, yada. But I told him, I'm like, dude, I'm like, you know, like I've been through this, like at, at least, you know, in, in one way or another, a, a couple times last year. Um, and like, you never know when this kind of stuff's going to happen. I'm yeah. like, and you just have to be ready for it. And it doesn't matter what kind of property it is, man. I'm like, yeah. just don't like, yeah. don't over leverage. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I also think, um, on the flip side of that, because I totally agree with you is that I don't think, uh, if you haven't started yet that you should stop because of these things, right. That we, uh, a quarter million dollar here. Oh my God. $8,000 boiler here. Uh, I lost $40,000 here, here, right? Like that shouldn't stop you to get in. The real reason we bring this stuff up is because, you know, when you're first starting, the likelihood that the boiler is going to go two days after you buy it, very slim, but it can happen, right? And you, and even if it does happen and you don't have the money to pay for it, you'll figure it out, right? Like you, you will figure it out. Um, You can finance it. The state will put it in for 50% off if you call mass safe, right? Like, or New Hampshire safe, right? Mm -hmm. There's ways that you, you learn and you figure things out along the way. Um, and so it's not, and it's not like be all end all something, happens, <laughs> right? Like get your feet in there to jump in there and you'll figure it out on the way. Exactly, man. You're hundred percent right. You know, and it's, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's part of the game, you it know, is. and yeah. it's not talked about as much, but I love having those kind of conversations, man, you know, and like, yeah, exactly. Like the mass save thing like that. I ended up, I wanted to use that for a different purpose when I first bought the house to convert from oil to gas. And like, you know, everything was going well. And I had kind of a uh, kind of a couple challenges, like right after purchase. And I ended up using the mass save loan to do that boiler right off the bat. And like I tell people all about it. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, that kind of sucked in the moment. But to know that you have essentially almost like a get out of jail free card to space Mm -hmm. that thing the heck out. And like now it's like, you know, 47 bucks a week and I get to maintain the liquidity to use in a different place. And not like, only that, crazy. dude, but like that furnace alone probably increased the value of that property by 4x what the price of it was, right? Yeah. And so like, you don't, you know, people don't think about that, but that really is why real estate is awesome because things can get thrown at you. You you figure out how to fix it. And nine times out of 10, if you're improving the property, you're improving the value of it over the long term. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer. $47 a month for uh $8,000 furnace that probably increased the property value by 30 grand. Like, who yeah. would do that, right? It's nuts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just, it's a completely different frame of mind, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. just, like, thinking bigger picture. All right, guys. That concludes our Creating Wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, let's build together.